Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Jamet, and today I have a beautiful, lovely new guest to the show. Super stoked and excited to have this conversation today. I have the one, the only, Brody Bruce from the Secret Squirrel Podcast. How are you, my dear? Doing outstanding. No complaints. How about yourself? Fabulous. It's a fabulous, beautiful day, finally. Every day is beautiful. It is. You are absolutely correct about that. So I want to ask you, first of all, for the listeners that don't know you, haven't run across you yet, um, haven't heard you with Ryan or um, on the round table with Matt. So I want you to tell people like about your show and why you started, decided to start it and what it's all about. Yeah, my show I just started it really just to kind of, it's something I felt like I needed to do with the things that I've been through and where I've kind of ended up in life and I'm an Mm -hmm. older guy now. So, and I see the way the world's starting to head and it's, I don't sit good with me. So I figured I'd put my voice out there and get on some of those good government lists. (laughs) Hey, welcome to the list. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That is uh, the stellar people, human being list. That's what it is, actually. Um, So I am very glad that you got the calling. Uh, You had like your message that that's what you needed to do deep down in your gut. So tell people a little bit about you and about your background. Uh, My name's Brody Bruce. I grew up in the south side of Chicago, which wasn't the best place for a white a white guy like myself. I was going to say, I heard you on a Mitz show, and I was like, oh, okay, the south side. Yeah, yeah I know. but it's great <laughs> life experience, really. It taught me taught me a lot about I So I have kind of a different angle on a lot of things, you right. know, uh, growing up that way. Didn't really, got out of high school, worked for um, a home medical company delivering oxygen and helping the sick and stuff. And then I was doing hospice for a while, bartending to make ends meet, mm-hmm. figured, man, this isn't where I want to be. So, well, Chicago's expensive. Yeah. I lived in a, when I got my apartment, I didn't live there. I moved to the South side of the, right in the suburbs, really. It's called Chicago Ridge. So mm-hmm. it's like maybe right outside, but the taxes are Man, way stupid. So, I know. I grew yeah, up so. in Indiana and I was a frequent uh, visitor to the state of Illinois. Yeah, so, so yeah, see, and I used to go well over there. there. <laughs> I used to go to your beach all the time up there, over there all the time, yep. right next to Gary. I forget mm-hmm. the name of it, but yep. yeah. So I would enlist in the military. Um, I do, was in basic training and naturally with my great luck. But now I look back and figure everything happens for a reason. September 11th happened. So my whole thing got thrown out of whack pretty much and not didn't pursue like the normal career type of go here. You're, you're going to go to this post for your basic and then your AIT and then you're just going to go do your job. I kind of got floated around for a while and ended up in a post that wasn't even standing up yet there was no one really there <laughs> so We're i got sent-, sent you but we didn't build it yet <laughs> yeah and it was an old nazi german post that they were redoing so it was real inter- real interesting and they still had the stuff up of the eagles and all that stuff it was mm-hmm. there was maybe 10 10 people there no equipment no anything so they just started sending me to schools they're like do you want to go to uh close quarter combat school sure all right we'll send you away 30 days, boom, come back, maybe sit around for a few days. And then I'd go to whatever range, go run the range. I learned a lot of different stuff and did a lot of stuff above my rank that normally, you know, I was doing stuff. Yeah. I was in charge of my own fire team as a specialist in Iraq, which doesn't really happen. I mean, I had my own seven guys that I was responsible for and really, and we went everywhere. We're attached to different units, did a lot of cool stuff and helped a lot of people and came back so, home. And what was the main job that you did in the military? I was supposed to be what they call a 13 Foxtrot, which is a forward observer. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would be out calling and use the radio call for fire with the call, call for effect with whatever ordinances they have. But mm-hmm. when I got deployed to Iraq, it was all out the window. Um, I got there like right at the, the war was still going on. So I was actually, I was there for, 
I, I always get it confused. I don't know. If, I think it might be 16 months or 15. It's one or the other. Mm -hmm. So I was there for like the original war and then it switched to like OIF. I was there for that till all the way through that OEF all the way through that. And then the one after that, I was still there for. So I got to see a lot of different things and open my eyes to how the world really works, you know, mm -hmm. Talk, so so, then I came so you kind of, did you kind of get a vision of the um, the uh, behind the scenes truth of the military industrial complex? Oh, for sure. That's why. <laughs> that's why you said I got out. You know, I mean, they were throwing, they were trying to get me to reenlist when I was in Iraq for two years for sixty grand, and it would be tax free. So mm -hmm. plus my regular pay, and I could see how it gets people. You know, right? But I, I'm never one to run into debt or anything, so. They didn't have me. I was like, no way I'm out of this place. But so they tried to get me back. They sent me something my last day because um, the army has you. People don't know they have you for seven years. No matter, mm -hmm. like I did four, but they have you for seven. So I got a knock on my door. Um, the last day, I didn't. I mean, you don't even think about it, from FedEx and I had orders to deploy to Fort Bragg and then go back downrange for another year. So, But I didn't go. I went and fought it and it got denied. So. I beat it. So what made you in the first place decide to join the military? Um, you know, I'll be honest, it's where I was at in life and my whole family's been military. in there forever. So, so yeah, is my, mine. I'm the only yeah. one that's not. <laughs> yeah. So you know what to expect. You know, it sucks already. You know what yeah. I mean? But yep. I wanted to, I really wanted to try to better myself and go to college and use that money for that. Maybe mm -hmm. I could do something good. But uh, to be honest, I, like I said, when I enlisted, there was nothing going off. So I was like, oh, I'll just get deployed maybe somewhere, stick a tar on, go to college while I'm in there. It'd be nice. But, <laughs> but that didn't happen. Had other plans, <laughs> you know? But it's it's okay. That's the way it's supposed to work out, you know? They I had think that's, that's a blessing, I think, of getting older. You can look back and see like, man, all these things that I made thought were so terrible and such the dreaded times in my life. It, Really, that I needed that to happen to move on 100%. to where I'm at now. You know, like puzzle pieces. I am a hundred percent that kind of person because, like, I always say, I'm thankful for everything good and bad that happens in life because the bad teaches you a lesson and puts you on the path that you're really supposed to be on. Right. And without without that knowledge of of whatever you went through you wouldn't be any different. You wouldn't be able to grow. Oh, you, it does. Sometimes you need, like myself, I, I needed to be isolated, to be honest, when I came back and I was having all kinds of issues. I lost everything. I lost my house. I lost my marriage. I was homeless. Um, it's man. hard to, to reintegrate. After oh, uh, I, yeah, I was, I was really screwed up when I came back. I mean, my, I was just headspace was horrible and, and that's when, when I came back, they, the VA didn't even have anything in for that yet. You know, like mm -hmm. I would go, I went there and I was having real bad anxiety attacks and they're like, well, we can give you all this medication. It's, no, thanks. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not, not interested, but, and I kind of, I never worked through that. I still deal with it every day, but mm -hmm. I had another real bad health issue that happened to me and I actually coded three times and they still don't know why it happened. And that's really what opened my eyes. And that was eight years ago. I got ripped open from the sternum to the belly button twice. So what um, happened? They don't know. They have I no mean, clue. what was it? They don't know. I came, I was, everything was cool, right? I, I was going to college. I just graduated. It was 4th of July the day after and went to Home Depot to get some mulch from my little one. I think she was probably, I don't even know, six, seven somewhere around there all of a sudden i came home pulled in the drive and said to her man i don't feel right i just started puking and i made it inside passed out on the ground and she had enough uh, sense to call my wife and my wife came home and she just thought maybe i did something stupid and hurt myself or something you know but she came home she and i was yellow from head to toe with oh. severe jaundice and uh they don't know what happened i was put in um kind of almost like a comatose state for like three or four days. And then mm -hmm. they shipped me over to the VA and uh, they had no clue what, what to do, what man. So I was, what do they call it? MPO. I don't even think that's what it is. No food, nothing by food or mouth for, yep. mm -hmm. 
for phew, over almost a year. I had food pump in my stomach put in. I oh, had, that I, is a treat, huh? Oh, I got fed through my veins and I never knew they could do that. I got mm -hmm. fed through my veins at first for like two or three months. Um, I used to be about, I went from 185, a fit, fit guy thought he shit didn't stink, you know, pardon my French to a dude that <laughs> went to look like he was a Nazi a dude in the Jewish camps from the Nazis. I went from 185 to 115 um, over a matter of months. Did you have organ damage or something? Yeah, what happened was I ended up having to cut my spleen all the way down to the head. So they said I would be diabetic. Um, they removed my – at second time, they had to open me up. They went and took – first time was just to debris me and all the stuff. And I had uh, all that poison all in me. And I had the pockets of um, stuff forming in there where they were isolating themselves. So they had to insert like tubes to drain them. So I had mm -hmm. like four four tubes inserted in my stomach and – um one in my back in case anything ever happened. They were supposed to be able to do something with that. I don't even know. But I had to get that one changed every 30 days for a couple of years. And then uh, the other tubes I had in me for about, I think, I want to say about a year maybe. But I had them switched once. So did, I'm sure they, well, hopefully they taught you like how to uh, take care of that on your own. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I mean, here, I'll show you now. I'm, I'm great now. They told me I'd be diabetic. I'd be everything. Oh, so wow. Here, yeah. So you got here. a lovely scar. Yeah. And there's the, where's the holes? I always get confused. There's some here. Yeah. There. I can see one on your, on your side, left side. So, yeah. So, and then I coded because they put a pick line in and, uh, it went too far into my heart and they mm -hmm. never, they never x-rayed Um, Oh so, uh, man, that is, that is such a mistake. Yeah, it was big Holy time crap. So my heart just went bing and it was just going through the roof. So, uh, yeah, I'd left and I went somewhere else and, uh, it was wild. I'll just put it that way. It was totally wild. Now and I you, came, you would came, have had one hell of a case against the hospital with the pick line. Yeah. But since it's the VA, you can't do nothing. That is so, <laughs> you can't do anything. So. That is so crazy. So you went from vomiting to to coding, and they took your yeah. Took yeah your the spleen. coding was man. The coding was months and months and months later. That's after I was I was uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I was in the ICU for seven months, six months straight. They 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 thought I was gonna die. Like when they cut me open the first time, they didn't think I would make it they said I wouldn't be able to heal. So, you're but very, I did. You're very lucky that you're, you're actually still here because you don't know, like I'm assuming since you were yellow, there must've been like gallbladder, pancreas damage. Yep. Yep. Your gallbladder got yanked out. Um, pancreas, they cut down to, all the way to the head and they said I would be diabetic. Uh, they said I had so much muscle atrophy and all that stuff that it would take, I don't know how many months, eight or nine months of like living in a rehab place to get mm -hmm. everything back. Um, but that stuff never happened. I signed myself out of the VA. Uh, I came home. I was home for about, a, I'd say about three weeks. My, if, man, if my wife was here, she'd tell you, I, God bless her. She, man. And that's my original mm -hmm. wife that I was divorced for. The man upstairs brought, gave me everything back like three mm -hmm. times, <laughs> at least three times of what it was, but it's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, there's, it's just been such wild stuff in my life in the last probably 10 years. Like everything that was taken away, I got back and I mean, my marriage is better than it's ever well, been. Well, that's because you, you resolved situations and, and things that needed to be resolved to get that blessing back. My pancreas now, I told them when I had this experience, I said, how am I going to know this is real? with the things that were talking to me. And they said, tell them that your pancreas will come back. And they, when I told them that they were telling me I was crazy. They said, that only happens in newborns once in a while. It doesn't even happen in adults. I said, okay. Cause I myself was like, man, was that real? Was it not real? And then slowly they gave me MRIs and they finally had to admit now that it was probably my last MRI. They had to say, they don't know why, but it's my whole pancreas is back with the full tail and everything. It totally regenerated, totally regenerated itself. So mm -hmm. I'm not diabetic. I'm 
I'm fine. I run, I work out. I'm up to about 165 now. That's the one thing I do struggle with is because I have to take Creon and all that great stuff, you know? So, right. but, but that's all I take um, in probiotics and stuff. But mm-hmm. I was on fentanyl and hydrocodone, oxymorphone, all that. I came off all that myself. That's uh, good. At, so you didn't have an addictive personality then? No, no. That's a good thing. I'm, I'm one of these people... Uh, my mom would tell you I'm like the most stubborn person she ever met. And I guess that's really <laughs> true, but, but that's how I really am. Like if I have my mind, I say, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Like the, mm-hmm. they told me you can't come off fentanyl that you'll die. You need to go to a drug treatment facility and let us take you off it. And I was so fed up with them and everything. I was like, I could do anything myself. I don't need these people. So I mm-hmm. used THC and used that and I came off everything. Mm-hmm. So right now, right now Kudos I take to you. Take Creon when I eat and vit- naturally I take a lot of tons of supplements and vitamins and minerals mm-hmm. and nutrients and watch my diet, but that's it. I don't take any kind of, I use THC and that's all. So do you notice that that helps with, um, like I'm assuming you probably had some kind of PTSD from Oh, from extreme. P- yeah. Extreme like PTSD. I'd be afraid when I was driving down the road, if I seen a trash bag on the side of the road or a dead animal from Mm -hmm. the IEDs they used to put in the carcasses of dead animals and stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. I drive down the street, be looking for snipers on rooftops, just goofy stuff that you know is goofy, but your mind is a very powerful thing. Yeah. But not really because that was your life for, for such an extended period of time that that's what your, your psyche gets used to. Right. Is, is looking out for those dangers and those things. And it's a defense mechanism to keep you safe. Yeah, and, and I think that's what, a, off. yeah, that's what a, a lot of service members when they come back home, have trouble reacclimating into society. And people don't understand that is, is because of that, you know, your sleeping patterns are completely different. You're always hearing, you know, gunfire or explosions or, you know, whatever. And that becomes your norm. And so when you come back home and you're trying to settle into regular life again, you're not going through the same things that you were going through there that your body's used to being accustomed to. Right. You're always hyper vigilant. Mm-hmm. Always. Did I you still get- am, but now I know how to turn it, like work with it, where I try to use it for my advantages and my disadvantage, you know? Right. Now it's like you have super spider senses. Right. That's the way I think of it. You know, now <laughs> it's like, I'm a just, good thing. my wife's like, just put the guard dog out in front whenever we go into stores or anything. Cause it's like, I'm always, you know, I'm like, Hey, that guy looks kind of shady at like two o'clock. <laughs> you know, they all laugh, but it's, that's how I do it. It works for me. So, but you know what I think? Um, and I think anybody that has PTSD and, and goes through things like that, where they are super, highly vigilant now i think that's a gift because yeah, it's look like anything, at how many right? people are not aware right. of their surroundings it, it's like one of those things it's almost like your your focus gets cranked up to 50 and i mm-hmm. think a lot of people don't know how to deal with it you know that it's just overwhelming for them so they they kind of recluse and then right. you're told it's such a bad thing all the time too as well that it's like some kind of stigma right but i I don't have any problem with it. I, I work with veterans. I haven't worked with one in a while, but like any of the real hard cases that they would have and the doctors mm-hmm. couldn't get through, they would call me or ask me if I could come up there and talk to them. So I would work with them because of all the stuff I came through, you know, if they were down on themselves, be like, dude, listen, look at me, man. Don't listen to these people. You know who you are. You just got to find yourself, man. You'll be fine. You right. Know? Don't Absolutely. be down on yourself and turn your screen off. That's what I always tell everyone. Don't listen to no t- watch TV, 100%. turn off your phone. Oh my God. That is so me because um, <clears throat> everybody knows me, knows that I hate spending time on social media. And so I literally will post an episode or, you know, do what I need to do and I get off. I never look at it first thing in the morning because I don't want that to set the tone for the day. Yeah, I'm like the, I'm the same way. I just have an Instagram and I just got that. And I just got that really just to promote my show. But mm-hmm. I'm up every day at four in the morning and I don't 
usually look at a screen until any, usually probably about seven 30 when the kids get up to check the weather or whatever's going to happen mm-hmm. for school and that's it. And then we're rolling. So, yep. I try so, to avoid it. So <clears throat> how was, I'm assuming you were, you were married when you enlisted, right? Um, when I enlisted the first time, no, I was not married. And then I got married when I was in there to the woman that I was with for about, man, five years, four years before five years, we lived together and everything. Yeah. And that's my wife. That's my current wife. I so was how, divorced. Did she, how did she feel though? When, when you told her that's what you were going to do, was she okay with that? Do you know what? We weren't, to, we weren't together then, to be honest, we went our yeah. separate ways and then we lived together and we're like, man, this isn't going to work. It was one of those deals. And it was mm-hmm. like, I just want to get out of here. I need to go somewhere else, start right. over. And then, uh, I was in there and I, I was in there, I want to say probably six, seven months. And it was like, man, I, I really miss her. You know, we'd be mm-hmm. talking and, and, it, and that's how I knew that she was the one man. Cause she would still stop by and see my parents and just stuff and send me th- you know, send me stuff in the mail, still thinking about me. And I was only 25. So it's like, what kind of 25 year old woman's going to be doing that? You know, not too exactly. many, not, not too many. many. I don't, they'd say, see a joker, you know, and be down at the club. So I was blessed. And like I said, I mean, not how many guys had a divorce like that. And I mean, what my PTSD and all the things I went through, I was not a nice guy at that time. I'll be honest. I mean, I was never physically or anything violent, but I mean, I would just, be always angry, always Mm -hmm. angry all the time. So it didn't work out. I mean, but I don't know how many people we we moved to Texas together when we weren't together. Cause I told her, I said, I can't stay up in Chicago anymore. I really need to leave. And this is before Mm -hmm. I was sick or anything. Right. And and she's like, I said, but I'm not going to leave my daughter. You know, there's no way I'm going to leave her. And I said, let's sit down and weigh the benefits. I mean, we just had a divorce three, four months ago before that. And then she's like, well, I think you're right. I think the best thing for her is to go get out of here and go to start school down there and everything. So right. not many women would be rational enough just to do that and leave their families and That's everything. That's 100% you know? true. <laughs> so, I mean, that lady's been through so much with me. And I, when I, in Texas down here, when I was ill, we didn't have no one and my family, I'm not really close with them. They, we all see the world a little bit differently and right. they're kind of steadfast and the way they see things, which is fine. I love them. And I'll always talk to them. And if they ever hear this and they ever want to talk to me, Hey, I'm always here. Mm-hmm. But so it was, when I was so ill, all I had was her. That was it. She would come and see me every day. She actually took, um, and she wasn't my wife then either. She actually took emergency leave from work just so she can come and sit with me when I was going through all that. And I mean, as after that, we got married again. I, I was still real ill, you know, but it, all the things she did for me, like when I saw myself out of the hospital, our bat, our showers are on the second floor and everything. So we, she used to have to wash me my wheelchair because I couldn't do anything myself mm-hmm. in the garage with, on a pallet with a camping shower, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like how many people would do that for someone else? That's their ex. That's their when ex, you know, that's your you soulmate. Know? Yeah. And I mean, so everything, everything just started falling into place, you know, and I recuperated and slowly, but surely here I am, you know? So when, when you came back and you had uh, PTSD and you were dealing with all that, did you go through like a therapy program, a treatment program, anything um, like that? Did they suggest when I came like back courses and I went up there? or anything? No, not, not when I lived up in Illinois. Uh-uh. But when I, after I, after um, all this happened to me and I was in the hospital, naturally they're like, well, they were looking at my paperwork and the things that I did. And they're like, why haven't you ever been up here? We seen that you were back like 12 years ago, you were up in Illinois for anxiety. Why didn't you ever follow through? And I was like, I don't know, you know, it doesn't really matter now. And they hooked me up and got me to see the right people. But I'll be honest, I, I don't have to do anything with therapy or anything because they said what my, I'm some kind of whatever personality. I think it just means they don't want to deal with me. They're like, yeah, you're, you're better on your own. <laughs> you're special. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you're better on your own. If you ever need anything, here's the crisis you just line. Go on your way. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, cause I, I don't do well. And they said, Oh, I don't do well in group settings or whatever, because mm-hmm. 
I'm not one of those people that likes to play victim mentality. So right. It's, it's like Amen. when you're trying to push that crap on me and then there's other people in there that are falling for your garbage. So you could just pump them full of more drugs and make them like zombies. Exactly. I have no problem saying, Hey dude, you know what? Maybe you just need some vitamin D, some vitamin uh, D and get absolutely. outside and exercise, man. Start doing things you enjoy and think about good thoughts rather than the bad thoughts constantly. A hundred percent. They didn't like that stuff though. I no, I the hundred percent they don't I wasn't like allowed that. back. I wasn't allowed back. <laughs> <laughs> you would be called uh what is it? Uh uh extremist or a terrorist these days for yeah for having those thoughts. Uh, for sure. Yeah. But that's okay. I'm happy to have that be listed as that. That's Amen. If, Me too. If thinking the right things and doing what's right makes you a bad guy and the bad guys are calling you that, that, that sits good with me. I'm mm -hmm. fine with that. Same. Yeah, I don't have a problem. You know? So would you say that when uh, you had your, your medical issues, would you say that that changed your mindset in a totally different manner? You know, this will sound crazy because I was baptized and everything before, and I am a Christian. I do believe in God, mm -hmm. but I felt like all that stuff needed to happen. And when I did pass away and I was, did go and I did come back, I, I was, I felt like I, my part of me was just that part is not there anymore. It's like mm -hmm. my mindset, I'm able to push all that crap to the side and do mm -hmm. what I need to do where I wasn't able to do that before. It's almost like, almost like, Hey, you know what? Instead of just thinking about myself now, it's, I think of so much more others and Hey, I don't want to mm -hmm. let other people down. I don't want to let my wife down or my daughter down or my dog down or going out for something as simple as going out <laughs> for a walk. You know, it's like, I don't want to let anyone down now. You know, <laughs> Don't depress your dog now, dang it. <laughs> I mean, it, I, that's, I just, I don't know. And I, that, I just look at stuff and I guess people would say I'm like a goofy hippie now because that's how I feel because it's like, I just, I would never see myself talking this way, but it's like, Hey man, the really the secret I think to it all is just love and helping everyone. That's what 100%. it's about. It, it's not about us. It's about everybody else. And then you have to, the only thing you're here to do is find out what you're, you were put here for. You don't need to go to school or any of this other stuff. It's mm -hmm. already, it's already in you. You could develop it and, and use that gift to help others. So that's mm -hmm. what I try to do. I actually um, got my minister's license when COVID happened, just so I could go to the hospitals and talk to people. Cause that was the only people they would let in. They wouldn't let family members in. Right. So I was like, well, I'll do that. And, and at least I could go see people and help people that way, you know, cause I, I am not scared of that stuff. So God bless you. I think that's wonderful that, that you did that and, and kudos to you. And you said something that was so beautiful, like about, you know, where you felt like that part of you was gone, you know, after, yeah. after that incident, because I think a lot of people go through that where they have that, it's almost like a spiritual awakening inside yourself and, and you throw away the selfishness, you know, and turn into somebody who is selfless and you're always looking to serve and help other people now. Whereas yeah, before I, you were more worried about yourself. And yeah, I was very ego driven. Exactly. You know, very ego driven. And when I was laying there and I couldn't do anything and I had to have people come and clean me up every day in the hospital mm -hmm. and all I could do is lift my head. I, I, I was in a position where it's all, I, I mean, now it's you all were I humbled. Right. I, I, all that was taken away, man. It showed me how quick, Hey, you think you're some, hot stuff, dude. Look at this, man. You could be in your driveway. And next thing you know, you're half, dude, you're half dead in the hospital and you, and you are dead. That's, mm -hmm. that's how I felt like it was almost like this is, this is what could happen to you, buddy. You're mm -hmm. so arrogant and such a prick and only think about yourself. This is what I, this is what could happen. And it took a total mind change in the way I see the world now and everything. I mean, I love doing anything, man anything if it's sitting out in a driveway hearing a, a bird singing oh, I in there for 10 minutes and just you're my, you're my uh you're my soul friend that <laughs> is that is me i that is my morning routine i get up i feed my animals and i immediately go outside i don't care if it's cold i will put on a snowsuit and i will go outside because i have to hear like 
the animals and, you know, the wind and the leaves rustling and whatever. I have to do that or it's like I can't function. Yeah, it's re it's real strange. And that's something else that's really kind of weird that happened to me, you know, as two afterwards, all of a sudden, like we live out on the outskirts of San Antonio in a, in a neighborhood. I mean, but all of a sudden, all the time, all these stray animals would just show up at our house Same. all the time. I have a, <laughs> I have a stray cat in my garage and that's why I almost was a little late. Cause I was in there with him. His name's Walter and he's a feral cat, but I could pick him up and do whatever. He doesn't mm -hmm. let anyone else mess with him, but he didn't want me to come inside. So every do time you, I tried coming in, he was running and blocking the door. So do you talk to animals? Mm -hmm. No. Like you mean mentally? I'll talk to them no. with my mouth. Yes. I understand? Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. And you feel like they understand you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are, you're my soul friend. Yes, you are. Yeah. My wife always says that about that dog. You ever heard him bark? He's, he's old. He's 15, but she always says that like, and then sometimes like I can just look at him. He'll be sitting on the couch. I'll be like, I'd be like, Hey man, I think he wants, I think he wants one of his CBD things. And my wife would be like, you're crazy. You know, five seconds later, he'll be off the couch over sitting at a cbd thing crying and it's like i think that's just from mannerisms you just from you know you just taking the time to just suck your environment in and kind of i don't even know how to explain it just notice the energy and what's going on and uh -huh. it's like before you're always we're so worried about yourself or all this what's on tv what's on this that you never really take the time to really just sit back and relax take a deep breath and just kind of suck in your environment and it's, i think it's you, honing in uh people's abilities too because i think we all have like that innate ability to be like uh empathic and you know feel energies and things like that but we're so consumed and so you know focused on on you know stuff and things that we get distracted from what our capabilities are and it's like my husband calls me snow white because <laughs> i can literally go outside and sit down and we literally live in the middle of nowhere i can go outside and sit down and like all the birds show up like lizards salamanders whatever and there's always deer that come in the yard and they literally stand really close and and let me talk to them and they get so excited and like yeah. their tails are wagging and whatever at but if he does it like they don't pay attention yeah that's how it is with my wife too we'll sit on the front porch and there will always there'll be something to happen like that's the joke every time we go out for like the nighttime coffee it's like what's gonna happen the other night we were sitting out there and two bat two bats oh <laughs> they came in they came and just sat on the tree right across from us and we're just hanging upside down on the tree and it was weird and it's just like she's like there's always something when we come out here i'm like it is strange she's like i could sit out there for three hours and i, I maybe just see two birds but things are attracted to your energy it's weird now. Yeah, and it never was that way. That's one thing I can say that has changed a lot since I came back. So do you feel like um, like you can read people better now and read like uh, energies or emotions or, or things like that? I'll be honest. That's something I think I've always been able to do since I was little. Like I could just kind of go into a store and I would just tell someone I could tell if that this guy's not nice or he is. Amen. Nice. You know, like I could <laughs> really stay tell away that. From you're right. Yeah. And, and it's still that way too with me. I mean, I could meet someone like for my wife's work and I, I can tell, I've, I don't even talk to him. I'll just see him and she'll tell me and be telling me, I'll be like, Oh, they're a stoner. Mm -hmm. You know, like that happened not long ago with a nurse. I was like, she's a stoner. She's like, she is not a stoner. She's like 55 years old. I'm like, she's a stoner, man. And then the lady <laughs> came over for dinner and started she's like, my husband thought that you were a stoner. And she's like, Oh, well, not, I didn't want to, I do. Yeah, I use it. I, how did you know? Uh, she was nervous and thought she smelled like it and everything. And it's like, no, I don't know. I can just kind of tell. I don't know. I, can tell. I, just, I just can, you know, someone's not right. And the way they're, I don't know. It's just, I could pick it up. It's weird. Uh, and see, I think that um, that is going to make you like uh, an amazing podcaster in the community because um it seems like everybody that has those abilities conversations are so much easier, you know, and, and it makes you like a much better like interviewer or whatever, because you can read off of somebody's energy 
if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does like mannerisms and stuff. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, people tell you things all the time by just the way they're looking at you, maybe their eyes or their mm -hmm. body language, the way they're sitting, you know, if they got right. one foot in front of the other, that's like the runner position. They're ready to bolt for the door and leave. <laughs> they don't want to be there. So there's like all kinds of things you could pick up, you know? <laughs> well, I have on running shoes, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Me either. Readjusting my hip. Um, so did you ever, uh, like get injured during your military service? No, I was, I was blessed. I never, so I, I never was injured. I mean, just little things like I, I, um, broke, like it was like three or four, like hairline fractures on my feet, just normal stuff. People have knee problems, just mm -hmm. nothing major though. No, the whole time in Iraq. I mean, is there many times I should have not been here? I'll probably, geez, Louise probably over 30 or 40, but mm -hmm. you know, man upstairs had different plans. That's the way I just think Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. So I know that you said, um, on your initial inaugural episode, uh, that you wanted to talk about paranormal things and stuff like that. Have you ever sure. had any paranormal experiences? Oh, all the time. All Do the time. Do you really? Yeah. All the time. All the time. Um, actually, there was a lot of creepy stuff when I was, um, I, 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 when I was ill in the hospital, there was a time where I think I was like almost kind of fading in and out. Like, of, like, if that makes any sense between mm -hmm. this and whatever I've, I've seen shadow people since the first time I seen them, I was probably about eight or nine. And then I still see them. I haven't seen, now the last time I seen them, it's probably been over like a year or two was that was when I was in the hospital for something else. I was the mm -hmm. last time I seen him. Um, I mean, something just happened the other day with my wife. She used to think I was joking, but she had um, folds her laundry and she always puts it on the top of the dryer before she puts it away. And uh, she went up, went up there, folded it and it never falls off. I mean, we've lived here for a couple of years now. It's, she does it every day. And she came down was right before school. And then she's like, call my name i'm like what she's like all the f did you do this i'm like do what and i thought she was joking all the f clothes that were on the dryer were all just moved on the floor in neat stacks like right in front of it where it was and I, that stuff doesn't bother me. i'm not to be honest i'm not afraid of any of that stuff i i don't know what it is and mm -hmm. how it all works or whatever but i know there's good things and i know there's bad things but mm -hmm. i'm not afraid of that that bad stuff I think that stuff needs you to be afraid for it to yeah, get a hundred percent because that's where they get their energy. Right. That's how um, I feel and that's too. What they feed off of. And, yep. and we had this, we've had this discussion before, but we had it last night on a show because uh, like ever since I was little, not only have I been like an empath, but I can feel dead people. I can sense them and, and whatever. And so um, they're like, do you have the ability to like not let them through if you don't want to? And I'm like, absolutely. You know, like if I'm, you know, in a space where I want to accept that, I will. And if I'm not, I absolutely will not. I'm yeah. Like, that, nope. That's like the, the joke around, the joke around here. My youngest one. Now, I think she she's kind of I think maybe in a stage where she's starting to maybe pick up some of this stuff because mm -hmm. it's not something I even talk to her, the kids about, or we mm -hmm. don't, we don't talk about that stuff. And she'll, she, the other night, probably about a week ago, she's like, came out and got my wife. And she's like, I keep hearing someone in my, vo in my room, in my closet, that keeps telling me to, to get up and come here. And now, and then she ran out of the room, but it was funny because then, you know, naturally they get me and, and I make a joke of it because I'm not scared of them. I just, <laughs> I just start telling me, sorry, jokers, you better get out of here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You ain't welcome here, man. Right. You start doing all that good stuff and you could feel it just, they leave. Right. You know, they don't want to be there. Mm -hmm. That's the way I think of it. It's like, I kind of, I kind of think, and I joke around with my kids. I'm like, because my youngest one's like, well, why do they leave? I'm like, I don't know. I said, because I think when I passed away, I came back and now I'm like a super, a super bright flashlight. And now when they see me, they want to suck your energy because that's how they need it. But mm -hmm. I got too, I got too much energy that they can't take it. They see me coming in and it makes them leave. You know, that's 100%. really how I feel. 
Yeah. And, and you, your soul is like filled with the Holy spirit now. I mean, to the point where it is like overflowing. And so they don't like that. Oh, I can just, yeah, I can tell even certain people, like if mm -hmm. I'm out, you can tell if you're in a store and someone, for some reason, it's like almost like an energy thing. You can just tell, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, there's something just give me the EBGBs. And then you look over and there'd be someone just staring you up and down, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. what is that? I, I don't know. Is that, mm -hmm. you know, is that some kind of something else that mm -hmm. can use people? Maybe so, you know, mm -hmm. it's, but that's how I feel. But I think just if there's good, there's got to be bad. You're right. Can't, there can't be one without the other. A hundred percent. And it's always, it's always both sides of the coin, unfortunately. And I think the reason why your kids pick it up is because I think we're all born with those kind of abilities. And, and that's why a lot of times kids have imaginary friends right. and stuff like that, where they're not really imaginary friends. Right. Um, kids are very intuitive when they're little. And so, you know, that's, that's why, you know, and I hate to use this as an example, but like all the scary movies or possession movies or whatever, they always go after kids. Right. And it's true because they're young and they're vulnerable and they don't, it's hard for them to read good and bad. Right. Right. And the, the, the bad things don't come as, as bad things, you know, mm -hmm. most of the time, that's the, that's the big joke of it. Mm -hmm. People, people are always looking for these evil, creepy monsters to come and grab them. And really it's the nice, quiet guy that lives next door. That's the real the bad, creepy bad. monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. The creepy pedophile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> evil, evil will come as good. That's Disguised very true. as good. You know, mm -hmm. because that's my experience. Right. That's my experience. They'll come as good and they may portray themselves good for a while in your life. And then all of a sudden you mm -hmm. see, your, you can see their true colors, you know, a hundred percent. And a lot of people, I think that's why they, they stay in bad relationships and, and things like that is because, you know, they're, they're easily fooled by the manipulation, you know, and the mind control. And then they make you think that you're the crazy one. Right. That, you know, you're crazy. There, there's nothing wrong with them. They're not being mean. It's you. you right. Know? And there's yeah. a lot of people that fall prey to that, unfortunately. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people fall prey to that hate too, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like people you can see it and I can kind of just feel it really when you're online and it's like you're on some of these social things and it's like, they got the right and the left just hating each other so mm -hmm. much. And it's like, you do, it's, man you can hate the ideology that's fine but right. you should you should never hate another person you should yeah. be a, should be above that at least that's how i see things it's like hey maybe maybe they're confused they came from a different we don't i don't know what that person went through in their life right. or whatever you know so it's like i don't i think it, that's where we mess up a lot a lot of people i agree with that because like even um like people that will post something hateful on your whatever you posted and they'll leave hateful comments or whatever. I never go back at them unless it's with kindness because you don't know what happened to them today. Right. They could have had the worst day in the world and they would never usually attack someone else, but because they're so emotional from whatever situation is going on, they lashed out and you happen to get it. Right. I just always think I'm above all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It's like, I just think those are like people swimming in the sewer water. I, I'm not interested mm -hmm. in that. You know, it's like, I just always say, thanks for your opinion. Thanks yeah. for listening. Thanks for listening. I, I usually say stuff, you know, like some people just try to goad you into whatever, but usually if I ever do respond to something that's negative, it's like, well, well, thank you for stopping by. Have a right. blessed day, Yeah, you know, or whatever. We're God bless you. God for bless real. your family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big one in Texas down here. When people don't know that when they tell you, oh, God bless you. And they're really just telling you to get the F out of there or F off. Mm -hmm. they don't <laughs> Most people don't know that. But if they're ever in Texas and they tell you bless your heart, you know what they're really saying. Bless your heart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to listen to the tone of that, too. Yep. Yeah. 
I love San Antonio. So it's amazing that you are in that area. We, um, I had a friend that moved down there. And so we went down there a couple of years ago for, uh, to see Sebastian Bach, you know, uh, in concert there at the, uh, Aztec theater on the river walk. Yeah. 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 And I had my first, um, experience riding one of those, uh, motorized scooter thing <laughs> oh yeah yeah and it was really them. hard to stay up on at first because i've never done that before and i was like i finally got the hang of it and i was like oh this is fun so we decided to ride them to the concert that night uh janet hit a curb <laughs> that was literally like an inch tall douched it they don't like curbs uh, yeah, I douched it on the thing, oh, took all the skin off of my knee and all down my calf. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. I fell down the, <laughs> don't feel bad. I fell down all those stairs before down hit to do, right across the street from the river walk when you go yep. down. <laughs> oh man. So there was a guy, old guy behind me and he tripped me with his cane and I bailed down about seven of them. And there was about 80 people there. It's the worst. <laughs> like tourist attraction did you at least land on the riverboat <laughs> i'll be honest i i just kind of did a barrel roll and i just ran ahead of everybody into the mall that was ahead and i was so embarrassed i didn't <laughs> even look back i don't think uh yeah it was an embarrassing moment like when i when i douche that scooter because there was a bunch of people even like homeless people were running over to like try to help me they thought i was like dying or something even though <laughs> I wasn't. I was just bleeding profusely. So I had to stand in line outside that theater until the show started with my leg just like gushing blood. That stinks. That stinks. Was it a good show at least? I'm here to see the show. <laughs> Don't mind my bloodiness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was really good. It was good. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'm an old, uh, I'm an old rocker and a, a metalhead. I don't like the new music at all. I think it's awful, but I love, uh, you know, like old bands like Metallica or, you know, 80s hair metal or. Yeah, hair. that's like what a stuff yeah. I grew up on too. All yeah. that stuff. Same that's my thing. thing. I don't like anything now. <laughs> I'll be honest. I still listen to like a lot of old punk rock stuff. I'm still old like that. I like listening to Ramones and mm -hmm. Sex Pistols, all the, even yeah. like. Bad, what a bad religion i listen to them a lot still it's like all them kind of old school bands mm -hmm. i really don't listen to too much i think that's how you know that you're getting old man we don't like the music no more i know well everything is garbage and you know like everybody's called like little baby little gucci little yeah I don't, get, I don't understand that stuff either yeah you know? no i don't either and you know i just can't stand like the direction that it's taken I yeah. think our generation was actually when, when there was the best music like ever. I don't Except know, I do man. like, I do like some fifties and sixties stuff too. I think I would have liked to be around when all those old hippie guys are around like in Woodstock and all that. I think mm -hmm. that would have been pretty cool. Like to hear Hendrix and mm -hmm. like that type of stuff. Well, that like, happened in my yeah. lifetime. So I, I definitely could have been there. <laughs> See, I could, I was born in 76. So yeah. Um, Man, I'm I'm there. I'm with you. I'm. I was telling my wife the other day. I said, "Man, you realize we're gonna be fifty soon." She's like, "Jeez, hmm, I take <laughs> it over 50. It's awesome." <clears throat> nah, it's okay. It's all how you feel, right? Yeah. I no, every day is an absolute blessing, and I don't look at it as, um, you know, like a lot of people focus on. Oh my God, it's one one year closer to, like, you know, my casket time or whatever like i none of that concerns me because oh, no me either every day is just fantastic because i'm above ground i'm breathing and i'm happy that's it and then i always think what 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 do you got for me today that's how i think when i wake mm -hmm. up i'm like oh yeah i'm still around sweet what's gonna happen today something mm -hmm. maybe something good that'd be nice or maybe be something totally crazy too that'd be pretty mm -hmm. cool too you know I so just got to take them both. Do you ever feel like, um, like you get messages on things that you're supposed to do, not just like starting the show, but like, uh, like people that you're supposed to reach out to or talk to or 
Yeah, sometimes um, I real, I'll be honest, I, re- I just hang out at home a lot, but it happens mm-hmm. to me a lot if I go into the gas station. I guess mm-hmm. that's probably because there's so many different types of people there, but usually mm-hmm. almost every time I'm there, my one kid's like, no, I'm not going there. I'm like, hey, you want to go get a Gatorade or whatever? She's like, no, because I'll be there a half hour. You're always in the talking. <laughs> it's that's like what my husband says. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think you're right. You know, because the other day I went there and I was like, well, I was there like 20 something minutes. I'm like, geez, Louise. And I was just pumping gas, but there was an old, older woman who didn't know how to pump gas. So and she happened to be on the other side of the pump for me. And I saw her looking around. And so naturally I started talking to her and she started telling me about her like brother who was in World War II. And cause she saw that I had like a veteran sticker on my, on my mm-hmm. license plates. I've disabled veterans. So she started talking to me about that. So then we pulled up and we went inside and got a coffee each and we were just talking. She just needed someone to talk to. I could just feel that you know, so and it's not even me talking. It's more like me listening. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not even that big of a talker. I, I will talk, but it's more like everyone just needs someone almost to listen to them. And it's mm-hmm. like, I if you want my advice, I'll give it to you. If not, then hey, that's cool too. It doesn't matter. But yeah, you know she's a real funny. nice lady. I could kind of read that from you, where you were one of those people where you just randomly strike a, a conversation with people that you don't know. Yeah, I am. And I, I see. I love that. And that's it. It bothers my husband because he doesn't like people. And he, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I used to be. He, like he is not a, he is not a people person. And he's like, Oh my God, I'm going to go wait in the truck. He's like, you finish what you're doing. I'm like, I'll be out in a little bit. Like just chit chatting. I don't know. I just get those senses that like, I'm supposed to like talk to somebody or I've even had him where like, I'm supposed to hug somebody before. Oh yeah. I, um, this was a while ago. I was riding with the family and we we're driving down the road and I was like, Hey, we're going to go in this parking lot. And they're like, for what? And I was like, go get something to eat, you know, go get to some McDonald's. And I don't, we don't ever eat that stuff really. And they're like, we don't want to get McDonald's. I said, just go get some. So they got some and it, I, I, somehow I knew there was a homeless dude that was there and I didn't even see him from the street and he was there and the dude had said he didn't eat for like three days. And he was hungry. He was laying on the ground. So I sat there and ate with him, my wife and then went shopping. And I just sat and talked to him for about man 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. He was just so happy to have someone to talk to. Exactly. You know? And I it's think like, that's it's like all they need. Everybody. Right. Is, is people need somebody not only to talk to, but somebody to listen to them and, and just, to have that human connection. Right. And not judge them. That's mm-hmm. the big thing. It's like, right. Hey man, you're a free individual. You, you could do whatever you want to do, man. Just don't hurt me or tell me what I have to do. Then, Hey, we're cool. 100%. You know, do whatever you want. I could tell you why it's a bad idea to be doing drugs and living on the street. If you want to know, I'll be happy to tell you, dude. And I can tell you how to get off them. Cause I mm-hmm. had a bad experiences with fentanyl and all this other crap mm-hmm. that I was on. So I can help you with that. And Hey, I, I got my minister's license and I just happen to know these chaplains and all these other people who work with homeless outreach. So I don't, Hey, I can get you in a shelter mm-hmm. and help you that way. And it's just, and it, and it's not even me really. It's just like, I feel like the man upstairs is kind of download. Yeah. Just like kind of puts people in my path almost like, 100%. Hey, you meet this weird chaplain that you never knew before. And when you're just there talking to people and the guy's filling for someone else, but he gets your card and you give him his card and then you happen to call him. Hey, you're Oh yeah. I remember you. I got it. There's a homeless guy here needs help. Do you think you can maybe, Hey, I'll be right there. And it's like, and it's weird, you know, it's like, I don't know these people, they don't know me, but it's like, Hey, we'll work together all, all the time. Like, and Look at how beautiful your life is now, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. You have got just the most amazing purpose in front of you now. It's so beautiful. It's uh, like I told, I was just telling my wife this a little bit ago. Um, It's almost like you have to come to this like self-realization. It's like you look around and people are free to believe whatever they want. But it's like me, when I look around, it's like, I can almost just feel like, hey, this was all put together by some supreme being or creator or whatever you want to talk, however you want to call him, whatever. And it's like when you come to the rationalization, like he made all this stuff and he this he made millions of all people and all this. And then this guy took the 
time to love me and bring me back almost from the dead. I mean, I did die. I was dead. Right. Bring me back from the other side and just totally like I just pretty much I was buried and just brought up again. That's the only way I could describe it. Like all that stuff and mm -hmm. negativity and the way I saw the world and the way I treated people and the way I felt, Oh, I'm a victim. You know, I, sh I, it was, this PTSD is because I went there and did this and that. And instead mm -hmm. of thinking, you know, those young guys, maybe I was there just to bring them all home because mm -hmm. I was the only fire team guy that brought all their boys home and right. know, they didn't lose one guy. It's like, maybe that was just my purpose for that. It was mm -hmm. just for, not for me. It's been about other people doing it for them the whole time. And it's really, mm -hmm. I just chose to look at myself. And I think that's a lot of people. We, we just choose to look at ourselves, but really you're doing things for other people or helping other people and you don't even realize it. And mm -hmm. if you take the time to realize it, your life will start changing. A hundred percent. And, and when that starts happening, like your energy is infectious. And so people that you're around, it spreads to them as well. And, and people will be like drawn to you drawn to that it's kind of strange right and that it's almost like a like that you know the analogy of the bright light it's almost like your bright light and people are drawn to you yeah like a because, magnet almost yeah and people are people are like you said people are put in your in your path for a purpose whether you're supposed to help them or maybe they're put there to help you right you never right. know Right. I was just having that discussion with my wife a little bit ago. You know, mm -hmm. she was feeling down because she had some, she had a health scare. She was make, she was making six figures. She was big time, but she had to leave her job because of her health. So mm -hmm. now, now ever since she left her job and everything, it's been a few months, but now she, she's got the all clear. So she's good to go. So, but now she's like, I don't want, you know what? I don't want to do what I was doing before making exactly. six figures. Mm -hmm. I think I might want to do something you know, different, maybe closer to home and spend more time at home because she was never home. I would always right. be doing everything with the kids, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so now, and that's where she's at now, actually, she's like, we, there's a, and this is how the man upstairs works. Like we happen to be in a store and I just started talking to a woman and she was a German woman and she was speaking German. And she was asking me something and I just knew little bits and pieces. So I was able to answer. And the lady owns a beautician. Her mom owns a beautician, big salon over here. They're opening up right by my house. My wife doesn't even do hair. She's always did help, but mm -hmm. she was in sales and all that other stuff. And she started talking to the woman. The woman's like, Oh yeah, here's my card. Uh, and then lady called her today and it's like, Oh, you know, if I want to expand my business and I'm, want some marketing and all this stuff. Do you think that maybe be interested? Can you come here and talk? I want to maybe hire you. So that's how it works. It's so weird. And after we had that conversation, two more places that she applied to online, she's like, cause I just told her, Hey, you know why you can't feel sorry. I said, I'll show you how it works. And I was just joking. I was like, watch this. I was like, Hey, you know what? Thanks for being, thanks for waking me up today and rewarding me guy upstairs. I was like, I know you're going to got some good stuff for me. What I said, send me some good stuff, some good news. Let's do it. And I was just playing around and joking. I didn't think it would work. And then I took a shower right before the show and I came down and she's like, I got to go get, go to meet that beautician. The craziest thing happened. She's like, and two more jobs called and the, another sales place mm -hmm. called from called and want to offer me a hundred thousand dollars base salary, uh, for hospice stuff. And like I told her, I said, well, you need to decide what's more important to you. Do you want mm -hmm. that money? We don't need it. I mean, we're more than good. So do you want that money? Or do you want those other things you were saying of chilling right. out, being home with the kids more, but that's up to you. You know, you have to make that decision. So exactly. But that's what it, life's all about, you know? Yeah. And, I just, and to be like, um, money is not everything. Mm -mm. Uh, especially like I'm retired now, but I spent my whole entire life in the medical system and, you know, teaching medical school and whatever. And I get offers all the time to go back. I have no desire to do that now. I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I'm, I'm a disabled vet. So I'm the same way I'm retired. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, have I just no... have, I have no need for that because I get to, I get to stay home and create um, my, and I'm assuming you're very creative as well. Yeah. I like um, to draw and stuff. Mine is more um, like I'm very creative with, with food. 
and, um, you know, things like that. And so like I, I craft my own spices. I'm writing an original cookbook because I've never had a cookbook. Oh, that's like, super ever. cool. And so my stuff goes into like, I'll just be like sitting outside talking to the animals and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like I just got this cool idea for something. I'm going to go in the house and make it. And start doing it, right? Yeah. yeah I, I'll be that way too. I, I'm not even like, I'm not even a wood guy or anything. My family um, owned machine shops when I was young. So I grew up around metal. So I never, mm -hmm. but I could just be sitting around. Oh, the neighbor down the streets throwing out all this wood that they had left over from their deck. And I'll just mm -hmm. stop by my truck, drive and be like, you know what? I think I'll make a cool table for the garage with it. And my wife would be right? like, why do you want that junk? And it's like, it's not going to be junk. Watch. And then I'll make it and paint it and everything. And then she'll be like, hey, is there any more wood? Make one for the back <laughs> for me when I go in back. And it's like, Can what? you make another one of those? <laughs> yeah. But you were nuts like, at first, but it's great. <laughs> but I would never even take the time or stop to think about wanting to do that before, you know? Uh -huh. and that's like how the, like, the way I see everything is just a lot different you know? uh -huh. and i'm glad and i'm glad so happy that it is I'm, well me you know? too because uh not only does it give me the opportunity to like meet so many amazing people and have fantastic conversations doing this but like i said the, the creative thing and you know like even like making my own toothpaste or you know whatever all of that stuff Plus, of course, taking care of the house, because when I was growing up, you know, and and our family was growing, I missed everything with everybody all the time because our schedules were opposite. And now it's like I can literally be up in their faces all the time. <laughs> and there's nothing like just waking up and doing what you want, being able to do what you want to mm -hmm. do and that feeling of like freedom being yeah. like, you know, I don't know what I, I could take a right here, but. I think I'll go left just because I want to. Exactly. You know what I Explore. mean? And you can. Right. And That's it's me. great. If I go anywhere, uh, like if, if I drive to the stores, I might have to go like to another town uh, that's farther away. And like, I'll be like, oh, I've never been down this road before. I'm going to go this way and yeah. see where it takes me. That's how it is in San Antonio. Like I actually have to drive my daughters to school because the nearest school they go to the high school is a half hour away. Mm -hmm. so and that's sticks it's like yeah. if you go out of my neighborhood and i go right i could be in the city in about 25 minutes but if i go left there's nothing forever it's just fields and fields i and love fields. that though oh me too <laughs> i'd go left all the time me, me too that's what I, that's why I, <laughs> I was like dad why can't we take this other way and i'm always like now nah, we're going by the farm roads so like that takes a little longer i'm like but it's better i don't exactly. want to be driving in traffic you know, and there's no one and out here. Like, it's great. But look at these things. Yeah. You know, like right, here, you know? here right now, it's amazing because we have like the season changing right now. And so, you know, you have the trees that are all different colors and, and whatever. And I'm just like, oh, this is so awesome. Just, you know, being able to experience and see this like all the time. Yeah. I'm, I try to go like, I don't, they call it hiking, but it's not really hiking, just trail walking. Like they mm -hmm. have a nice place that's maybe 20 minutes from the house. And I try to do that like for mm -hmm. myself two or three times a week. And then yeah. I don't know if you ever did, if you ever have done like a, a deprivation tank where you just float around. I have not yet. I've not I, that. There's a place that I go to and they're the, the best people. They know that they talked to me. They just saw me driving one day. And they, I was pulling in, I don't even know what, I don't, cause somewhere. And they followed me and they own a little place where they have the tanks. And they said, since, you know, you're a disabled veteran, you go for free. You don't pay. We don't want your money. Oh, so I, awesome. I'm able just to show up and do it whenever I want. I just have to call. And it, it's really, it takes a little bit to get used to, but it, I, I think for someone like you, I think that you would enjoy it really. Yeah. Cause cause I enjoy I it. I love, uh, like, I can't stand to sit in the house. It makes me insane. Yeah, I'm that and that's too. like a lot of times. Like, if when he comes home from work, he'll be like, "Well, did you watch anything today?" And I'm like, "Nope." Other than the leaves falling and the eagles and stuff, that's that's what I was watching today. <laughs> like, I don't care about the TV. Yeah, I just, no. I, I have to have that nature surrounding. It's yeah, I'm the, I'm the so same peaceful. way. I'm the same way. It's it's almost like 
I need that for myself, you know, just mm -hmm. uh, grounding. Yeah. It's like, you need just to get out there and just walk around. And yeah. I don't know, there's something to it when you get away from all the concrete and the technology mm -hmm. and you just get out there and just smell the fresh air, listen to the little streams and the birds. And it's like, I don't know. I just love it. You know, me too. It's, it's, it's a bat. It's like a battery charger for me. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's great. My supercharger. Like today, I don't know what happened. I was driving to school with the kids today and I said, man, I don't know what's going on. This is the best that I have felt in like years. I don't even know. So mm -hmm. I have no clue what, but today, honestly, I have not felt this good forever. I don't know what that's a good on. thing. That's a, that my dear is a beautiful, beautiful blessing in itself. Right. And it, it is when you're that like aware of how you, you know, your emotions and how you always are. Like, I'm always aware of that. So it's not that I'm like ever uh, mad or sad or anything. It's just kind of, I'm always just kind of even keel. But for some reason, when I woke up today, I was just extra boosted and I've been that way all day. So I hope I stay that way for a while. You will. I hope I'm, so. I'm giving you my juju. Yeah, I think so. I appreciate it. <laughs> So, my dear, it's such a beautiful blessing and an honor to have you join me today. Well, thanks for having me. I want you to tell people, like, where can they find you at? Um, you can find me at, I have a website, thesecretsworldpodcast.com. Same thing on Instagram, you could find me. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, it's thesecretsquirrelpodcast at gmail.com. And feel free to send whatever, even your hate. That's okay, too. Because <laughs> we can take it. We have very big shoulders. It's okay. So if you had to uh, leave people with one message today, what would it be? Just take the time to just love, love everyone. Realize what's going on. And you don't have to suck up all this negative energy they're trying to throw on everybody. It's, you can Amen. you have a choice you have a choice every day we could wake up and look at the good or look at the bad they want to shove in your face so just go out in nature look at the good Think amen all right preach it brother brody <laughs> no <laughs> that's how i feel though honestly it's a choice that's how i feel too absolutely you know. That's a beautiful message, and I hope that resonates very well with the listeners. So <clears throat> thank you again, my beautiful new friend, for joining me today. It was an honor. And uh, thanks to all the listeners for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.